Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that there is more to confidence in the bedroom or the kitchen or the sex club or a stairwell or the woods or wherever you are. There's so much more to sex wherever you do it than just jackhammering away. But if all you're missing in your relationship is some mutually beneficial stiffness, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office with the doctors that never got trained in sex ed and how to talk to people about it, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They say that there is nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Of course, I know you sweet listeners know that using confidence to connect, if you can be confident enough to be really vulnerable with someone, to communicate, to create a safe space that you occupy together, that is super hot. That's the foundation of a connection. And if you have a boner, that can definitely help you do certain things that you know that I love, just as long as you don't skip all the other stuff too. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. And as they say, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER. At checkout, you just pay $5 shipping. That is bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. I have diabetes. I'm at risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. I have asthma. I'm at risk, too. If you're 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, COPD, or heart disease, or are 65 or older, you are at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about Prevnar 20, pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine, a Pfizer vaccine that can help protect you against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Even if you've already been vaccinated with other pneumonia vaccines, Prevnar 20 may help provide added protection. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyo Lee here today with Kimberly Loftus for another update. It's the beginning of the new year. The goal is desire, right? It's 2024. We just hit on December 31st, five years of sex stories. I have been asking people the same questions about their sex lives with some variation for five years now. Um, there may be some format changes coming up this year. And so because the goal is always to continue to check in with ourselves, continue to prioritize desire, and because I want more connection with you guys out there. I love hearing from you. I'm the happiest when I'm working with people in person. I'm the happiest when I am talking to a Kimberly, talking to a guest, talking to a person. Uh, so this is where I get to talk to you. So first, some updates. I'm going to just give you a little overview here of what happened in December and remember, if you want to hear all of my deliciously unfiltered details, patreon.com slash is the place where you can get to know more about me. 
You can go real deep with me, get to know my sexy parts, learn about my work kink, which I'm increasingly talking about, but still shy about. Um, is that shame? No. Is that shame, Kimberly? No. I think, I don't know if I'm embarrassed. I think it's just shyness. It's just, I think I just don't know anyone else who identifies as having a work kink yet. I talk about it more on Patreon. And remember, getting to know people through my work is my number one favorite. So thank you for all of you who reach out to me and share nice things about the pod. I don't need personal invitations at this point in my life. Although if you're going to do them, I do have an irresistible invitation guide out, which we're going to talk about today. Anyway, most of December was great. The last week of December was, I mean, Christmas was great. I love my family. I got to see them. But if you can hear, I am sick. I got real sick. I got the type of sick where you don't leave bed for days. And the, there were there were 12 hours where I couldn't even keep water down. Let's just say that it was not pretty. I've been very tired. My throat is tired and not from deep throating. Unfortunately, you lovely listeners don't know how much I'm coughing because Kimberly is cutting them all out for us. Thank you, Kimberly. December was fantastic. Okay. I took a crush on a romantic date. I practiced my own irresistible invitation guide and crush said yes. So we went on a date. I had an amazingly hot, luxurious sex weekend. I met a partner whose desires and drive really lined up with mine in some incredible ways that led to some soreness. I have now experienced my first infinity loop orgasm, which, as you know, was not on my bucket list from last month. But that is the great thing about just um, being open. I also experienced a new type of 69ing that I am fucking obsessed with and can't wait to do again. And I finally got to live out my dream. Okay, so this partner didn't have sexomnia because I do have a bucket list desire of like sleeping with someone who has sexomnia and wakes me up with sex in the middle of the night. But this partner heard about my desire to be woken up with sex, checked in about it the night before, was like, okay, and if you change your mind, say no in the morning. I was like, I won't though. And so I got woken up with <laughs> sex. And then I also got to introduce... This is the same weekend. I got to introduce two of my lovers. So we had a threesome, but I got to be like, hey, by the way, I have a friend. And so it was like so hot because usually I'm the person coming in from the outside. And so for the first time I got to be like the, what is that called? The fulcrum? No, what? I don't know if there's a threesome. I was the connector. That was really, really, really fucking hot. And then it also led to, oh shoot, I didn't even talk about this on Patreon. So I'll talk about this a little bit. I got to do my fucking dream come true of like, a creative, artistic, sexy place exploration with my lovers that like happened on the fly. There was camera, there was video. All my wishes are coming true. Like it was truly amazing. December also included another lovely threesome with one of my lady crushes and her lovers. It was very sensual, very beautiful. And just some really hot vanilla sex that has some fun details that, again, if you want to hear, all of that is on Patreon. And then work-wise, oof, which work also turns me on. I mean, I love the sex. I love the work. I love when it all kind of like comes together one big mishmash. But I had a fucking amazing time with creative clients. I love you guys. I fucking love you guys. I know some of you are listeners. I know most of them aren't. But we made so much fucking good stuff, mostly naughty photos and videos. Also some writing stuff, a little bit of dating and relationship stuff. I took some hot, naughty pictures for Christmas presents for partners to give their partners. And also I took some hot, hot, very slutty photos 
for some people to give to their fans or like show to their fans, however you want to say that. Just putting this out there, if you need help making a Valentine's Day present for your love and or for your OnlyFans or whatever, Fansly, etc., Throne, whatever you're on, hit me up because that is my new favorite thing. And I do have a special offer for sex workers in 2024. So message me if you are curious. And I also did some really fun holiday butthole content. I got some really fantastic one-on-one -on -one calls with listeners. That's where we're noodling more on relationship stuff and just how to prioritize creativity, including but not limited to sex in 2024, right? Because I really, really strongly believe that sex is our original creativity, but it is, I mean, it's the spark, right? I don't know. Kimberly, do you experience, like when you're getting laid, do you feel like you are like, turned on in all realms like creatively like when you're gaming when you're writing when you're doing all that stuff like how does it how does it affect you is my does my thesis hold up or are you gonna break it right now <laughs> I mean I think it depends on like my inner personal level of like desire and turn on but like when that turn on is on when I am getting laid I do feel like it is feeding everything else like it does feel like juicy and I feel creative and I feel like I just want to like go 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 which I guess isn't untrue at all other times but you know in a in a more like creatively fulfilled way is what it feels like yeah I feel like it's just easier to be even more generous because my needs are met right mm. so like out on the street I'm like hello, good day to you. And a good day it is, you know? So like, I mean, you're kind of like that every day, but I don't know. I just find it even easier. So lovers out there, I would be curious to hear your experiences. Again, I already mentioned I caught a very nasty cold in December. And I will say that is because I decided to push my limits and drink half a glass of mulled wine. If you've been listening for a while, you know, I don't drink at all. Like technically seven sips a week is my limit, but alcohol tanks my system. I don't do alcohol. I don't do sugar because I get sick. But I was like, you know what? It's been so many years. Like I'm, I mean, technically next year will be the seven year mark where all the cells in my body will have regenerated. But like, I'll just try, I'll just try. Mold wine is watered down. It just, it's just sugared with honey. I'll just try some. I was like in the Christmas spirit watching the Grinch with my sister. That was a very dumb, not sexy experiment that I will not repeat. I don't need it. And people always like write to me. They're like, have you tried this kind of alcohol? Have you tried this kind of mezcal? What about white wine? And I'm like, I don't want to try anything anymore. This was so stupid. And I went into a weird, weird headspace morass. Like there's nothing like being very, very sick for seven days. And like, I've been too tired to even come. I've been like trying to masturbate the last two days. I'm like starting to come back online and I'm very horny. But I tried to come this morning and I literally can't. My body is like, no. That was a weird New Year's. I wanted to do something special for the five-year anniversary of Sex Stories on the 31st. But, you know, I think the main takeaway of all of these learnings over the past five years is like rest if you need to rest. Take care of the body so that the rest of me can be in sexy shape, right? Like, I love to have sex, but if I'm not in shape for it, what what is the point? <laughs> a couple of admin notes. I found out that I was not scheduling stuff correctly on OnlyFans. There is a button that says save for later that I thought meant schedule. And so November, December <laughs> mostly didn't post. You know, also it's hard to be an online creator when I'm mostly an in-person for other people creator. And I think 2024 is the year where I get it all online and, you know, holidays also screw everything up. Another update, Patreon was briefly shut down by... I'll call them a stupid head. I don't want to say asshole because I love assholes. 
But, you know, it was not lovely human behavior of this person. They could have just messaged me and been like, hey, just so you know, I trademarked the word sextrology, even though it's a very obvious portmanteau, even though you had been using it publicly for a year and four months before I trademarked it. So that person, like, came after me through Patreon because I've been looking at patrons' charts here and there sometimes, right? Like, it's not even an official part of the reward. It's not part of what I do. I'm not an astrologer. And so I've been getting some very rude messages from Patreon being like, Patreon is a place for original creations. And if you are going to infringe upon other creators' things, then we will kick you off the platform. And so it got fully shut down for a couple days over Christmas. So I'm like, what sort of person wants to do this at the holidays? You know, like, I was trying to not look at email for a couple days while being with family. So patrons, I'm sorry, but you also aren't charged for that time. Like they, they just put a hold on everything. If anyone ever needs a refund, just like hit me up. I'm always very grateful for your support. I'm never trying to just like take advantage of people, but that was a big bummer. And I also heard from a couple of you that posts are still locked. So if you are having that issue, let me know. I did let Patreon know, but let me know if that's still happening for you guys. <laughs> the joys of online everything. So that was kind of the admin stuff. In the land of books. Okay, so I've been reading the books by all the other sex podcasters out there. I've already read Tell Me What You Want by Justin Laymiller. And then I just read Shameless Sex by Amy Baldwin and April Lampert. They are coming on the pod. We did a little cross-pod swap there. Wonderful. Well, I talked to Amy. April wasn't able to make it, but she's in the future probably. Like, we sound, we sound like we would vibe real well. I also read Smart Sex by Emily Morse. And now I'm on to Sex Talks by Vanessa and Xander Marin. And they are all great for different reasons. I like all of those books for very different reasons. And my main takeaway from all of them first is that, like, I am not the target audience. Like, I'm learning more and more slowly, so slowly through talking to all of you, but also now through reading books and reading stuff that is written toward, I guess, most people who are like struggling with sex. Like I'm not the target audience. I have a different set of issues. <laughs> but I think the other thing is that like the spark of sex stories initially too, for me, was that like we collectively in the world, all humans, this is what I do have in common with people. We all have a lot of growth opportunity when it comes to communicating with each other, like especially about sex, but maybe also about everything. And then I just continue to be surprised by sexual shame, like the depth of it, the how much of it. And I think I'm also surprised, like the reason I'm not in a relationship is because like, well, I need someone who wants to have sex with me and connect deeply. And now reading all these books, the books are like, Yes. So it's normal to be in a long term partnership and you're not really connected and you don't really talk. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, how did I don't get it? <laughs> so it sounds like maybe there is a lot of connection at the beginning and then it just changes. I did read a book last year called You're Not Listening. I'm blanking on the author's names. I think it's a New York Times writer. And it was talking about how we create assumptions, right? Most neurotypical people use a lot of heuristics, which means you take the shortcut. You like assume you already know what the thing is. And we do that with our closest relationships, right? But we are changing every day. So every couple of days, like we're a whole new person. But when you live side by side with someone and you're just in a routine and you're doing like life together, unless you have like a pattern of constantly checking in with each other and like going over what you're learning and how you're growing and all of that, you grow apart, right? You're either growing together or you're growing squiggly away from each other. So that's what's been on the forefront of my mind, noodle-wise, book-wise. If any of you ever want to do like a sex stories book club, that's what I'm reading. Let me know what you're reading if you're reading any interesting sex books. They're my favorite. I don't know how much time I'll have 
to read once grad school starts, but we'll see. Learnings in all forms are going to be great, and I'm excited to share them. So yeah, December 31st marked five years of sex stories. Kimberly, I, we made it to five years. And you, even though you have only, not only, but been <laughs> editing, you know, since year three, right? Mid-year three, 2021, you have been with us from year one. Like I met you in year one. So you have been in the background this entire time. And just so all you lovely listeners know, like, if it were not for Kimberly at this point, this podcast would not still exist, you know, and like, <laughs> there's so much that Kimberly does. And I I just continue to give them even more and more responsibilities. But Kimberly is here to keep me on task. So I'm just going to share like a little recap of how the past five years of sex stories felt like year one going into it. I remember so the ideation was actually six years ago. It was January 2018 that I was like, these conversations about sex in the media during the Me Too movement are very strange. Like, no one's getting to the heart of the matter. Why won't people really, like, talk about sex? And then I I didn't realize, you know, until years in that people are like, weird about talking about sex. But I, that first year in 2019, I thought, I was like, yeah, I want to learn more about sex. I'll just learn all the moves. I'll just learn all the details about sex if I just systematically ask enough different people how they're doing it you know and, I, and I'm curious about their origin stories right I only know what I knew and then you all have listened to how that has evolved over the years and like I feel like in year two like that's when it was like oh my gosh wow I'm getting feedback from people we're making a difference these words are helping people how wonderful and then it was like oh shit oh no there's a pandemic oh shit oh no the audience is very large now what do I do you know so that was a lot of year two is figuring that out but then also that's where the idea for the mobile dungeon came from the play ship mission 69 like that is still all on my back burner but also I've done so many more learnings and it's just going to keep evolving right so I'm curious to see what form mission 69 eventually takes it still is the mission to make taking care of each other the norm. However that comes out eventually, I'm excited about it. Year three, that is when other people and Instagram just kept insisting that I was already a sex worker. And I was like, wait, am I? Like, yes, I'm making a little bit of sometimes ad money here and there. Not really enough to like eat food for consistent months, but like I'm a sex. Okay, I'm getting censored. Wait, so that's when I got real curious about the relationship between sex and commerce and like being able to be implicitly sexy, especially on the the social platforms, but like not not explicitly helping people or teaching them. It's also when the wonderful Kimberly came into my life. And then I feel like years four and five, I was like, okay, we got this. We're a team. We're doing it. And that's when I started to dive deep in the horrorarchy research, right? I was like, all right, I'm going to figure out what kind of sex worker I could or should be or like, what does it mean? Or how does one be a sex worker? And I had no idea that there were like layers and layers of other social games there, right? I was like, not being a sex worker is money left on the table because I'm not shy, you know? And there was also just so much back and forth, travel for work, travel for family, and still my ever-growing unwieldy bucket list. So as we enter year six together, I mean, that's got to be lucky, right? Like, Year six, like year six to nine, got to be really interesting. Those are my favorite years. And then I don't know what's going to happen at the end of year nine. We'll see. But yeah, that's kind of like the recap of what these five years have felt like to me as a sex podcaster. And I will just say the final thought is I am less certain than ever before, although I do have more knowledge and expertise 
And that is all increasing. But it's it really is for me that like beginner's mind thing of like, the more I know, the more I know that I don't know. And I hope that we are all bringing that into our lives in useful ways. Sometimes I bring it into my life in ways that send me into unproductive swirls and spirals. But, you know, I think there is from my meditation practice every day. Also, masturbation meditations come out every Monday on OnlyFans or, you know, you can get all of them at once if you subscribe to the paid OnlyFans. But in my regular meditation practice, no, actually also my masturbation meditation practices, the point is it's always important to bring that beginner's mind and like the curiosity there, right? And for better or worse, with every person I sit down with, I'm like, it's brand new. What's in there? You're the expert on your experience. Tell me everything, you know? I will say that is what my partners enjoy about me the most. That focused attention, the deep listening, whether it's with hands, bodies, ears, or... I mean, I try to listen with my eyeballs and the social signals, and it's, it's just the interpreting and the responding where I have an opportunity to grow. So here are five current top-of-mind thoughts to celebrate five years of sex stories. One, growing publicly is weird. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable a lot. <laughs> Two, sometimes when you focus really, really hard on one thing, it becomes even more elusive. It's kind of what I just talked about. Three, it's okay to not know. Beginner's mind, we love it. Four, strong boundaries do not protect you from all pain. I want to elaborate on that one just a little bit. I finally realized that like part of the reason that I have exploded people over the year is my strong boundaries, right? Boundary pushers are more likely to explode than to like morph into being nice humans <laughs> is what I've learned. They're like, I'm not bad, you're bad. Rather than being like, okay, I'll do what you want. Yeah, let's collaborate. And it doesn't mean that's not painful, right? There's no perfect set of boundaries is kind of what I'm saying. It's like, we're all just doing our best. And sometimes it's pokey on all sides because sometimes situations are imperfect and difficult. And I think this is something that I've, I'm only, it's a fresh noodle. So open to cooking the noodle, open to new noodle dough there. But that's something that I think is not a part of the boundaries conversations I've ever really heard because it's like, well, creating your boundaries and enforcing them might be uncomfortable. It's new patterns for people. You're training them. Da, da, da. And that that is certainly true. But it's also like just because you have really good, strong boundaries or don't, like there's there's pros and cons to everything, right? Like there are benefits to being able to like pretzel yourself, even though that is not good for other reasons, right? We, we don't want to be able to like, we don't want to have to morph in order to like be a people pleaser all the time, right? And Sometimes that is more useful than being like, I'm a rigid YO who sees it this way. What do you mean? You know, and so I'm kind of like noodling a lot on effective boundaries and also just kind of like, I don't know, getting getting clear on the fact that like stuff isn't going to feel good all the time. And so it's more about like, how do we make a world where taking care of each other is the norm so that when we get to the pokey parts, we can be resilient and well-resourced in our communities. And then lastly, this is what I'm working on in 2024, irresistible invitations. I think we could all work on them. I know that a lot of the invitations that I have gotten from the internet, now I know that a lot of people who are sending me invitations where they're not thinking to introduce themselves, where they're just, you know, really coming from their place of desire and not thinking that I'm a whole person. I know that's a whole specific other set of issues, but after receiving enough of those, and then also talking to some friends who I know and love who are like deeply sensitive, thoughtful humans who are like, yeah, people weren't saying yes because the way the ask is formed is just too broad or too big or too scary. 
you know, it's caused me to reflect on my own invitations that are sometimes the opposite, right? Like sometimes I'm too hyper-specific. I don't necessarily leave enough room for the other people to kind of like put in their pieces or to collaborate or I err in the opposite direction. And I'm like, I have these wild ideas here, 16 of them. Which one do you want to do? And people are like, ah, you know, and then one day, like there we are with the camera doing the exact play exploration of my dreams. And my friend is like, this is great. And I'm like, this is what I've been asking you to do for three years. Like what the fuck, you know, I think it comes down to what if we all just practiced being generous in our invitations? What if we practiced being clear and specific and thoughtful? Like I spend a lot of time thinking about like what I want and then presenting that to other people, you know, and I know I can probably put some more effort as well into what do they want? And I don't always know. We don't know. And that's the other part of it. But I think the other part for me about practicing the irresistible invitations is just practicing. I have noticed the places where I'm really unafraid to just be like, hi, blah, 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 let's do this. Complete stranger, let me blind email you. Let me reach out. Let me get introduced. And then the places where maybe I know someone a little bit or I'm a little bit nervous or I just like have a crush on someone. It's, it's still very vulnerable for me to ask a crush out, even though I tend to do it in blurts. So then, you know, but if I stop, like, so I don't end up having to feel vulnerable because the words are already out of my mouth and I'm like, ah, and so it happens after the fact for better or worse. But, you know, I'm working on intentional irresistible invitations this year and I'm inviting all of you to join me. And we're going to talk about that at the end and maybe even do an example. So that's my <laughs> not so brief December recap. I'm keeping the bucket list wishes for January small because what I learned from December is I really like the unknown. I like having targets. I think that like saying a target and a goal is great and fun. And I think, you know, this year I am going to be like actually planning more things and planning these shoots and doing some of the actual producer work for my own creative work. Hopefully, you know, I want to make more of my own slutty content so that I get touched more this year with other people who want to touch me on camera. And so I'm working on my irresistible invitations for that. And in January, I made a note to myself to keep it simple, especially since I am starting out the year sick. So number one, the next toy I'm going to play with, my inflatable butt plug for solo exploration. Number two, I want to do a nurse role play. I've never done one, and I think I might have an opportunity coming up. Number three, I want to have a glass dildo and play with it. I've never played with a glass dildo. I realized I saw it on my bucket list. I was like, that's so easy. So I'm going to go get one of those for myself. Or if you have a good recommendation or want to send me one, let me know. Number four, feather tickling. I want to tickle someone with a feather and I want to be tickled by a feather. And I feel like that is low hanging fruit that like, I definitely remember visiting an ostrich farm when I was in third grade. And like, I had this ostrich feather like all throughout elementary school, but I don't think that, you know, I want to do it in an erotic context, right? Like, and I want to get tickled all over and I want to like really thoughtfully explore the sensations. Five, I want to measure six to nine penises and or pussies. Like that idea has stuck in my head and I'm like, why limit it to penises? Like if we're measuring, not, I don't just have to measure stuff if I'm going to put a condom on it. Like, and it's not measuring for any specific purpose. I just, maybe it's a tailor role play. I don't know. It just felt weird to leave out pussy owners. So I don't know how that will unfold, but I think I am going to practice my invitations in that manner. And then number six, I want to finish organizing. This is maybe more of a goal, but it's a bucket list wish list. So it's a very 
what is this called? A very self-reflexive one. Meta? <laughs> Meta, thank you. I want to finish organizing or at least prioritizing my current bucket list. Like I'm going through, I did copy and paste. I made Kimberly help me copy and paste all, like all of the kinks and fetishes from Fet Life because I want to make sure I'm thorough. And so I'm, I'm layering that on top of my current bucket list, which is just, it's really silly and funny. And ultimately, the goal is to have that, I think, publicly on Wiley.com and have like a bucket list blog so that each post is kind of like about that topic. And, and people can, when I make the irresistible invitation, they can browse nice and easy and see my top. I don't know. I don't know how we're actually going to organize it. That's been the kind of big question for two years because I have so many desires. And also because like I really want to be opportunistic about it, right? Like it's good to have a list, but I don't ever want to just be like, crossing stuff off because I crossed it off. Although when you are producing a shoot, that will happen, right? And in certain instances, for example, feather tickling, I'm like, no, that feels good to just like cross off. I want to try it. And then of course, leaving room for surprise, but I had to put it on the list as a surprise. I want to have some partnered inspiration surprise and, you know, practice my irresistible invitations in the partnered realm. So that's what I'm looking forward to for January. Now Kimberly is going to let my voice rest and we're going to do some listener email. I think we just have a couple questions and some celebrations. And let's see, what do we have, Kimberly? Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health. But if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out BlueChew.com. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I too love having a hard cock. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. So first up from B, we have a vacuum kink story follow-up. Hey, Wyo. Thank you so much for featuring my story on your podcast in such a positive light. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Oh, my God. I will well, thank you for the positive story. Oops, sorry. I shouldn't rest. <laughs> I'll let you read. <laughs> <laughs> I will gladly answer the follow-up questions. So, yes, the cleaning vacuum and play vacuum are different models. We have a Eureka for cleaning the house and a Miel canister vacuum for play. Mm. The fetish manifested, I believe, in my early teenage years. I was cleaning my room and the house was empty. My horny brain took over and in a high-risk, high-reward situation, I lubed up and stuck my cock in the hose. A combination of the sensation, vibrations, noise, and general thought of knowing how taboo it was to get off with a vacuum is what fueled the fetish and does to this very day. I have tried many vacuums over the years. I have a question. 
Do they come in the vacuum and does it get sucked up? How did I not ask this before? We'll find out. We have okay. more email to read. Also, wow, maybe wow. Okay. maybe they'll give us another email. I don't okay. know. Okay. I have tried many vacuums over the years, and yes, some vacuums do the job better than others, in my opinion. Miel, 10 out of 10. The one that sucked up my vacuum virginity and the throat goat of the vacuum world. <laughs> the variable <laughs> suction is key. The lowest is gentle, and if you want to be rough, you can crank it up to full power and it isn't too loud. Love it. Dyson. Four out of ten. They live up to their reputation. Way, way too powerful and very noisy. Yeah. Henry Hoover. <laughs> seven Henry. out of ten. Gentle and quiet blowjob. However, the smile on the front of them is a bit too anthropomorphic and no variable suction. <laughs> Any handheld or cordless vacuums? Zero out of zero. They just don't do it for me. A vacuum job essentially consists of the tip of my cock as it all doesn't fit while simultaneously getting a hand job. Oh. Another version is by putting on an attachment which sucks up my whole cock and this causes vibrations and general sucking which feels so good. My wife likes getting her nipples sucked up with the vacuum. It's like getting them sucked by me but just for a lot longer and much more powerful. She also lets me use it on her pussy on low power. She says it tickles. We have used it during sex as an additional toy, which has led to some funny scenes like the time I accidentally sucked up her underwear. That's amazing. <laughs> if you were to give it a go with your vacuum, I'd love to hear what you think of it. And if you have any other questions, please let me know. Thank you so much. And again, keep up the good work. Oh, my God. Thank you, B, for that email. Holy shit. Okay. So, so, okay. So the tip is in there. So it sounds like the cum could go in there. Does wetness mess up a vacuum? Should I add vacuum to my January bucket? Literally, it's like right over there. I have a shark. They're, they're pretty powerful. It's a plug-in one. It's the kind that you like roll around, but you can detach and it has little plugs. It has some mm. brushy things. I don't know if I want to put it on my pussy because I've vacuumed up a lot of cat litter but maybe i could wash the plastic part i i gotta at least try it on my nipples oh that's interesting you know it's funny because when i was a kid we you know at, at home we have one of on the ranch we have one of the big i don't even know how to describe it we have a vacuum that's like built into the house so it's like oh like, yeah we had one of those at my at my dad's house growing up where it's like a, a plug in the wall plug in and the then wall. there's like a big yeah because it's a big, long yeah. house. Yeah. And so it's a whole thing. And so we have this big, long hose. And that is kind of like what I was imagining. Because, I mean, I guess you'd have to have a skinnier cock to fit it in that one. And the metal would probably be painful. But I used to make circles on my arm with the suction there, you know. And then we have different, oh. like, plastic attachments. So that one, I mean, I'm not going to go home and, like, abuse my family's super-powered wall vacuum. But I might, I don't know, I might play with my shark. I don't know. I also just want to go back to the... <laughs> the Henry Hoover that the anthropomorphic face is too much. I love the idea that the vacuum is just like, mm, like smiling at you. That is awesome. I love, I love hearing your specific kinks and fetishes, especially the happy stories where the partners play with you with them. That it, that makes my heart so happy and warm. Okay, what's next? So this is an email from C. Hi, I love your podcast. I've listened to 17 episodes this month. I've been on a couple of road trips and you have kept me company. It's awesome that so many of your guests are women. I have lovers and boyfriends, all men, that I can discuss my experience with, but no women, no girlfriends, no community of women to laugh or cry with. If I had to put a label on my sexuality, I'm a masochistic bratty sub leaning switch. 
Ooh. LOL. So many words. I need women I can process my experiences with. Where do I find them? Love and light to you. See. Oh, I love that. Okay. I love that you are talking about stuff with your lovers and boyfriends. You know, I think it's always a good question, right? Like, where do we find the community where we feel held? Where do we find the community where we feel like we can share safely? And I know that answer is different for everyone, depending on where you are, where you're at in life, where you are physically in the country, in the world, how you respond to online stuff versus in-person stuff. And this is a question I'm still, you know, answering for myself, right? In terms of where do we go? What do we do? Well, I'll tell you what I'm exploring. I think if you're specifically looking for kinky people, FetLife, you know, while there's weird stuff out there, that is the number one place people I talk to on this podcast tell me that they are finding and connecting with kinky community, right? So you can put what you're into out there. You can find events in your local areas, like actual events. And then there's lots of virtual online stuff that floats around, right? So it takes work in terms of sifting. But I think, you know, the thing that we're learning about community, friendship, creation, relationship is it all takes a little bit of investment, right? And so perhaps, you know, looking there would be a good place for you to start. I don't know if you have a FetLife. I don't know if you're a computer user. And, you know, I'm on and off of FetLife, right? Like I have ideas about how I'm going to be translating some of my bucket list wishes and desires onto there, along with irresistible invitations this year. And also sometimes it's too much for me to be on another computer screen social platform. Like I try to save all of my computering for pod stuff and photography stuff, right? So sometimes I hit my screen max there and I can't bring myself to do more social media stuff. But if you're starting from scratch and you don't have people in your personal life already, if your lovers don't have other kinky babes that they could introduce you to, then that might be something you want to look into. Bloom also, the dating app Bloom is a really events-oriented, queer, kinky, alternative lifestyle dating app. And they have great educational events and also like in-person meetups. So again, it depends on where you are in the country because they are currently limited to like the major cities, I believe. But they also have some like great online stuff. And I know that that also is a way that people find and meet great community. Kimberly and I are in the process of turning our Patreon community into more of a connected community. I will say I'm still learning about groups, right? Group dynamics are a very specific thing. And so if you find someone whose work you like, if you find like sex workers in your area or a dungeon in your area, see if that dominatrix has a community. Because I will say air signs, people with strong air, strong Gemini, like I think Mistress Justine Cross is a really good example here in Los Angeles of someone who is just like hosting events, doing events, like really, really just good at getting people together. So if you can find one of those people in your area, usually they'll hook you up. You know, it takes a little bit of online research. If you have a sex shop in your area, go there. See if the people who work there, again, it's hit or miss if you are in a large city versus a small city, right? But even if you are just looking for someone who's comfortable talking about these things, they might have the hookup. They might have a group of friends. They might know some events that are in your local area. They might know about dungeons. They might know about sex parties. They might know about, you know, groups that are like looking to add people in. And I will say, I have also heard good things from people who have been on the Lex app, which is an app yes. primarily for queer people, queer people. But essentially, I've been told that it's 
a community message board. Like there are people like looking to hook up, but then there are also people who are like looking for spaces. And so there's always the possibility of like finding like-minded sexy people yeah, on there. To absolutely. With. Yeah. A lot of the dating apps are making efforts to have more different events and in-person things that connect people in the real world. And then of course, coming in divine timing, this is exactly why I want to have retreats, you know, my origin story around retreats is with the incredible poet astrologer Heidi Rose Robbins, who is one of my dear friends and mentors. And there is nothing like being in a space of like-minded people who are there to be vulnerable and grow and create together, you know. And so I really, really want to have a space where we come together, we circle up, we talk about our sexy selves, I take pictures we do interviews, you know, like we go deep and it's a space of nourishment and happiness. So maybe that'll be this year. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm sick. So nothing feels possible when I'm sick. But in divine timing, I trust everything. And I'm actually hoping that that, that could be like a birthday related thing. Audience, if you have other ideas, let us know and see if you want to like let us know what part of the country you're in. Maybe there's other sex stories, people that we can hook you up with. I don't know. Not that I'm a matchmaker, but <laughs> everything is possible. Okay, Kimberly, what's next? Lovers, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor, and they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice, so I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know the Flora app is a safe place to open up, embrace your desires, and find like-minded people? This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities. All thanks to Floor. As life's routines settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories. So they downloaded Floor and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Fleur's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Fleur app celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Fleur invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Fleur now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. All right, so our next one is an email from W. The subject is, thank you for everything, and then in parentheses, from a disabled male. Hey, Wyo, how are you? I absolutely love your podcast. Your enthusiasm for all things related to sexuality is palpable, which is amazing. As far as my sexuality is concerned, I grew up very sheltered in a sense. All around my upbringing was and still is very sex negative slash traditional. I'm a mid-30s disabled virgin who's never been on an official date or kissed by a woman. I have a ton of platonic female friends who are amazing. More on that as you read on. Related to my physical disability, I've dealt with self-esteem slash confidence issues for years in this area of my life. I've been on a few dating apps, but haven't had much luck. It took me 27 years before I saw a woman naked in person. My friends took me to a strip club, and we've gone back to the clubs almost every year since. 
It's been my only real in-person experience. I absolutely love learning, talking about sexuality. I'm extremely passionate and nerdy about learning anything and everything there is to learn. My insanely high drive is made worse by my lack of experiences. Mm. It bothers me a ton that our society doesn't discuss sex enough, especially not around the disabled community. With my platonic female friends, I consensually began having conversations about their sex lives as a way to explore my own sexuality. It turns me on like crazy to hear their stories and to somewhat talk about relationships in general. I eventually learned and read about cuckolding. I know I'm not attracted to the same sex. I'm now wondering if the term stag may be more of an accurate identification. Mm. I have truly and finally found my place slash people within the sex positive community, kink community in general. I finally feel 100% understood by others, which is something I never thought was going to be possible. I legitimately breathe easier knowing people like yourself exist, and that's no exaggeration. My goal is to one day meet like-minded communities in person instead of just online. You all make me feel completely accepted, but I know that online support is also great support. I love making friendships. It's absolutely amazing. Everything I said above just about disappears while listening to a sex-positive podcast. Given my intense desire for exploration and my cuckold, possibly stag, fetish, I have a strong feeling monogamy will be extremely difficult for me. Thank you for all that you've done, and I'm sure will continue to do for someone like myself. Our mainstream sex-negative society needs more people like yourself. P.S. I'm nervous as anything to come out as being interested in a specific ENM lifestyle slash being kinky in general, but maybe one day I'll work up the courage to do so. Any advice on how to come out would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. A lovely listener. That is a lovely listener. Thank you for sharing the fullness of your experience. I am fucking cheering you on and I'm I'm curious to hear how your adventures unfold. And I also just want to celebrate getting out there at all, right? In the first place, like putting yourself out even in an online space. You know, I know a lot of people feel very comfy behind usernames and it's still vulnerable for people, right? Like it's still you. I also will encourage people to like, you know, the more that we share as ourselves, that's the only way we're going to get more people like me, right? I find myself at a, what is it called? An imbalance oftentimes when people are sharing with me and I'm like, okay, I don't know who you are. You're a complete non-entity stranger and you know so much about me, right? Like my name, my face, (laughs) my details, my everything. And I just want to remind everyone that the only way we get to a more mainstream sex positive world is with all of us because that's the definition of mainstream you know or at least at least most of us (laughs) i want to kind of just say first of all advice on how to come out as kinky in general or ethically non-monogamous some people are saying non-monogamous because ethically is implied but i think there's enough people out there that are like pretending like they're in an open relationship when their partner doesn't know that it's you know it's it's worth specifying so I have more first questions and then maybe brainstorms and then Kimberly can help us noodle. Before we get to like any of the specifics of how, I think the basics of who, what, when, where, and why are really, really relevant, right? And I think before maybe even getting to that, I hear in that question maybe like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but concern, fear, anxiety, right? Like what is behind that? I don't know anything about your background other than what you told us. So, you know, I imagine that you come from maybe a normal-ish family that is like regular, like my, you know, like my regular 
whatever that means, right? We all have our own kind of definition of regular, but it suffice to say, not kinky, out loud, not non-monogamous. And so I want to just say in my personal being, if I can identify my greatest fear in a situation and get okay with the worst case scenarios, if I can trust that I am checking in with my values and then living in line with them, I'm usually pretty good. Right. And so I would invite you to kind of like hone in on the important part. And then I would get to like, who do you want to come out to beyond your online kinky community? Like, is it dates? Is it friends and family? Who are those people? The answer of how to come out to people is probably going to be different depending on that relationship. Right. When can mean a few different things. Like, is it time? Is there like a specific urgency? Do you need to come out now? Do, are you thinking about coming out over the next few years? Like to what degree and with whom? All these questions can kind of get mixed together. When can also kind of be contextual? Like, is there a context in which you want people to know that you're kinky or open so that they can introduce you? You know, maybe maybe it's certain types of parties you go to, or maybe maybe it's also just more about being brave enough to share your full self with your friends and family, or to just be brave enough to bring it up casually wherever. I will say, personally speaking, if it's in a casual setting, the blurt method works really well for me, personally. Saying <laughs> enthusiastic things with blurts, like, probably by some people's standards, I'm an overshare. However, I have not yet been met with any rudeness or negativity. I've had a couple of, like, rude people in the context of sex work that I've done, but not even actually talking about sex work. Yep. Nope. I have not had a single person ever be rude to me for being kinky or ethically non-monogamous, like, or attack me, you know, and that's maybe that's my personal privilege. But I think maybe part of that is how I say it. I don't know, because I'm pretty like, well, I'm living in line with my values and I'm not asking them to validate me. If they don't need my validation, there also is like no spot for them to give me their like, vomit shame or whatever. And I think mostly people are actually pretty open and curious. Where, if we get to the question where, it's probably like less locational, again, more situational, kind of like the win questions. Family events, you know, maybe if you're at a family event that doesn't discuss sex, is that where you need to bring it up? I mean, I guess if you want to be a trendsetter, if you want to like really like spice up the next holiday, you could. But, you know, is it about sharing your full self? Is it about, you know, are you getting hammered with questions of like, honey, like, are you going to go find someone? You know, like maybe that's a place where you kind of want to start to speak your truth. I don't know. And I think the other question here is, are you prepared to possibly make people uncomfortable? I think one of the blessings and curses of not necessarily clocking, you know, the social norms and maybe reading all the social signals right away is like, I don't always know if I've made someone uncomfortable, especially if they just get quiet and polite, right? Like, I don't always know. And so I'm very comfortable making people uncomfortable. I also have a fight response where like, I'm not like aggressively confrontational, but I don't, I, I'm not really good at pretzeling like, like earlier. Like I don't, I don't know how to read enough social cues to sort of like, sometimes I do, right? So, there are certainly circumstances, I'm sure, where that's not fully true. But when it comes to sex and my own sexuality, I'm like, oh, well, I, I met a master and my life has changed. And I'm having transcendent sex is the most amazing thing. You know, like I was blurting that out to photography clients and that's the origin of sex stories, you know, like, like, cause they started <laughs> opening up to me, you know, and I wasn't leading with that, right? Like it always came up in a contextual way. Cause I would like mention, you know, like, oh, I'm having this experience or I'm having the best sex of my life. And I, and so it's also like 
letting people ask me questions. You know, and then I think to kind of like dovetail with irresistible invitations and to sort of like think about sharing information in general is why? Like, what are you hoping to get out of sharing this with people? Are you looking to be known more deeply by a person? Are you looking for a certain kind of reaction? Are you looking to be introduced to someone in a cuck and or stag dynamic? I bet there are people out there that if even if you, you know, met them off of FetLife or something, if you were like, hey, FYI, this is me. Can I come watch? I want to test out this thing. I'm sure there are people that would be like up for that. You know, it's valid if you don't know specifically why. Like you can also find out as you test these things out, right? You know, but it's also valid to just, you know, want to make the world a sexier, more loving place by sharing your truth as we work toward a world in which we can do that because we all are sexual creatures in some way, shape, or form, whether or not we choose to engage with the sexual nature of our being. Like we come from somewhere. We have these parts that do things and we get to decide how to use them, but we also get to decide how to talk about them, how to share them. And again, you are the one in your world. You are the one that understands context here. You know, you have to understand your community. If you're at work, work has, I hear, I hear that most workplaces have some specific rules about what you can and can't say around sex. I also hear that a lot of people listen to sex stories and talk about sex with their coworkers in certain scenarios. So it's about feeling into those friends, those people, finding supporters. It sounds like you have some great female friends. So are you out to them? You know, like they sound like people that you could start practicing with and maybe noodling on this with. And I would just say, lastly, maybe make sure that whoever you're talking to is clear on the reason for your share, because there is a big difference between me being like, hey, Kimberly, I want to like cross off this January. I want to do tickling with a feather and me being like, hey, Kimberly, I want to I want you to tickle me with a feather. Right. You know, like or yeah. Kimberly, I want you to hold the camera while somebody else tickles me with a feather, which maybe, you know, like all of those are different ways of sharing a similar piece of information. But it's about how it's pointed. And, you know, I think letting people have little bits is good. Right. That's what I'm learning. And I'm not always great at. Right. If you're trying to date someone, it's a different thing than if you are just sharing informationally. But I would say from my own blurty experience, letting your enthusiasm about being part of a sex positive community, you know, online lead the way. Like if you are talking to someone and there's a way to be like, oh, yeah, I made this friend. They're like, where did you make the friend? Oh, well, actually, it's from this sex positive community online. Oh, and if they're really uncomfortable and they bristle and they shut down they probably don't want to know more. But if they're like, oh, a sex positive community, what does that mean? And you're like, oh, well, actually, it's kinky people. And they could be like, what? Kinky? Are you kinky? You know, like, look for ways to kind of invite questions and answers and, and look for that dialogue. But again, you can also just try the blurt method if someone just like gives you a little inch. Sometimes <laughs> you can take a mile and it does go well. Yeah, I hope that's helpful. Kimberly, what do you think? Is there anything else that I, what do you think? I mean, I think the big thought that jump to the top of my mind is like when coming out to somebody or like when giving someone new information that maybe they didn't have before, even if they have an aggressive or seemingly negative reaction at first, like obviously make sure you are safe, make sure that, you know, you aren't like putting yourself in a dangerous situation, but oftentimes just like gentle explanations will really help people with understanding what you're talking about because they might have like a very sudden reaction that is like oh my god kinky what is that what do yeah. you mean 
ethically non-monogamous. But if you're like, well, actually, and especially with things like if you want to do research beforehand, you can be like, well, actually, like here's an article about the ENM lifestyle and those things. I feel like I at least am somebody who sort of assumes that someone is coming at it in a negative light. And I am actively working on and celebrating the fact that now I'm like, oh, people actually usually just need more context. So I think it is helpful to be ready to explain more information. Or I like to write out bullet points if I have something that I'm nervous about talking about so that I can, you know, go back and check what I'm saying. That's great. Also, such a good point. So ethical non-monogamy is increasingly in the media. There was just an article in the New York Times that's like, it's everywhere. It's in succession. There's this phenomenon, you know, and it's been around for decades. But artists, creators, writers, and like Gen Z, like it's, it is everywhere. People are talking about it. And, you know, it's really ruffling some feathers. It's a nice, easy litmus test to just be like, hey, do you know about this? You know, you can use somebody else's body of work, somebody else's story. Be like, have you heard about this movie? Have you ever watched Vicky Cristina Barcelona? What do you think about threesomes, you know, as a way in? Also, for me personally, I like my intro to cuckolding was at the Met, the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York. My friend who is friends with lots of curator, we we're getting like a special tour. And I remember this tapestry and there was a monkey in the corner and they were talking about cuckold. And, I, and it was the first, I like, I knew about cuckoos. I knew about cuckoos and the nest thing, but I had not like heard the term cuckold. I didn't know what it meant. And then I, when I found out, I was like, oh, then I found out years later that there was like a sexual kinky, like fetish connotation to it of like an actual like hot thing. And I was like, oh, so I always think <laughs> about this tapestry and this little monkey that was supposed to like represent the cuckolded partner. And I didn't know that it was a thing. So, you know, finding fun, interesting, like historical facts. I mean, that's the other thing. It's like, this has been happening for centuries. Like people have had other partners and lovers and people on the side, you know, the, there, there are so many ways to get into those conversations. If you're wanting to test the waters and not wanting to put your own information out there, just bringing up other people could be a good way to get into it. That hopefully gives you something to start with. And then our next one is from a lovely past guest, Keika. Hey, Kimberly and Wyo. I don't have enough new interesting updates or stories to fill an entire update episode with. Probably not but true. But I would okay. like to share a fun little thing. Probably <gasps> okay. not true. As you may remember, I have arthritis. So hand stuff can quite literally be a pain. To make it extra rewarding when I've finished a cuddly toy, I model it in a suggestive manner. Some are simply holding it above my chest, where others are on my ass or in front of my pussy. This gives me an extra layer of fun, and it is a great reward. And let's say that when I turned those pictures into a calendar, my boyfriend loved it as well. They may not be wild quality pictures, but I oh. think they're amazing for me. <laughs> Keep up the amazing work. I finally picked up listening to some pods again after a bit of a stop. They happen. But I'm loving the stories. Lots of love, Keika, from episode 172. Oh my God. Okay. I love it. I don't know if I fully understand what's happening. When I finished a cuddly toy, are you making toys or maybe we have a language thing? What? Okay. So it sounds like there's stuffed animals covering naughty bits and that seems hot. And I wonder, is this masturbation with a stuffed animal? I don't know. I, I don't know if cuddly toy is maybe a Oh, like a sex Kicka, toy? Please let us know exactly. Maybe oh. it's a sex toy. Like maybe... 
whatever it is, I fucking love this. And I'm curious about the details. And I, I love that you made a calendar for your partner. And, and yeah, I mean, not everyone is a professional photographer and that is fine. And also like, I think anyone expressing their creativity for and with their partner in this way is so fucking hot. I love that you are finding ways to play with yourself that work for your hands. That's fucking hot. Yeah. I love it. Okay, Kimberly has to run. I think I'm going to read our last little celebrations and go over some invitations on my own. This one is from A. I just discovered your podcast a few weeks ago and I am loving it. I love hearing that. I'm currently in a traditional husband-wife marriage with three kids. For a long time, I was happy with regular vanilla sex that involved very little kink. Just over the last five years or so, I've begun to discover that I'm into some very kinky shit, and I am also bisexual. If let loose, I would totally dive right into experiencing all the shit on my kink list, which includes gangbangs, orgies, and full swap swinging. Unfortunately, my husband is not as comfortable about everything, which leaves me trying to find some middle ground while we work up to some of the more intense stuff. In the meantime, I'm very lucky that he is completely okay with me being with other women on my own, and I am currently pursuing my first casual sex relationship with a female. It's going slow since we're both busy working moms with significant others, but the buildup is exciting. Listening to your podcast is helping me to view sex from many different perspectives and is helping me be more open with my husband about what it is that I want. Thank you for helping make the world a sexier, more loving place. I am so happy to hear that. And I am so happy that you are prioritizing your pleasure and your desire. And it sounds like you have a partner who is supportive, you know, at his own pace. And I love that you have three kids and a husband and are just like, no, here's what I want. And that you're finding a way to make it, you know, even if you have to go slow that is amazing. It sounds like you maybe have good conversational skills with your partner. And it sounds like you have a lot of awareness around going at a pace that works for both of you. But I I would recommend to anyone out there who is struggling to talk with their partners, the Sex Talks book by Vanessa and Xander is a great one. So check that out. If any of you out there are like, my partner would never, you know, I'm only partway through, but it gives a lot of excellent, wonderful context there. Okay, next from M. Hi, I've been listening to Sex Stories podcast off and on for the last couple of years and I really enjoy it. Thank you. I love it. I recently heard Stag Cuckold and Closet Freak Jay's sex stories and it made me so happy. Representation matters. It was nice to know that I'm not the only black cis male that's kinky, loves nipple play, and is into gingers. LOL. Thank you for putting this work out there. Have a great day. (gasps) Thank you, Em. That makes me so happy. I mean, I love hearing the wide variety of what people are into. And I just, I don't get tired of it. I don't get tired of it. And I also need to figure out how to have enough time to like do my own things, hear all of your own stories. And still do all the learnings that I want to do. So, oh, the conundrum. But it definitely helps me keep going when I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Uh, There are people out there listening. Okay, good. Okay, one more celebration. This one is from C. I came across your podcast while looking for something a little steamy. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Well, I sure found that. I found so much more. You think I'm steamy? Am I? Do I count as steamy? I don't know that this podcast is steamy. Although we do get lumped in with erotica a lot. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to change the name. I think we need to change the name. I'm, I'm figuring it out. 
It is so wonderful hearing people talk about themselves and their histories, I agree. I have found very little else that provokes such personal introspection as well as joy in the memories of my own past experiences. <gasps> I love hearing that. If you ever want to share them, you know where to find me, sextoysepodcast.com. You can apply to be a guest. You are an amazing host, and it's great hearing the wonder and joy in your voice when talking with your guest. While I don't know what it means yet or where it'll take me, I can't shake the feeling that you have changed my life. <sighs> With gratitude, C. Wow. Okay, that is very meaningful. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. It does make a difference. It definitely makes a difference, especially on the days where, you know, I'm a person that I get so much more out of in-person connection than anything online. I struggle with social media. I mean, I think everyone struggles with social media. I think the people that are like doing it a lot, like I have not spoken to a single person who's like an online creator in the social media world that's not burned out or like stressed in some way shape or form about it science says that like screens really are addictive that's why i'm a big fan of podcasts because we can put it in our ears and do other things and be out in the world you know and at the same time i feel this like immense amount of pressure to like participate and also like the bandwidth i don't i don't know i'm out there like making stuff with people directly and on the days where I'm like, I should just be exactly where I am and stop trying to make the world. I mean, I, I spread a bunch of ripples of love. But hearing from you guys absolutely is what keeps me going, especially since Sex Stories still is primarily a passion project. And, you know, a lot of the admin work that I did in 2023, I guess the sadness <laughs> into the podcast sadness is that, you know, all the programmatic ads that we're listening to, we might just take those off. It's barely worth it. It's barely worth making you listen to ads. So I'm in the process of figuring out are we going to switch platforms again, all this sort of stuff, which is boring and you don't really want to hear about. But the stuff that keeps me going is talking to each and every one of you, hearing from you and connecting with those of you who understand that I am a full person. And while like sex is my favorite thing and my favorite topic, what makes sex good for me is the personal connection behind it. So that actually brings me to I wasn't going to share this email. I wasn't going to share this audio. We have voice changed this person. But I want to just like let you guys know about some of the stuff that is more struggling for me, right? So I get a lot of messages like this. I got a couple of invitations randomly to Burning Man this year. Not just one, right? I think it was like three or maybe one of them. Maybe it was two Burning Mans and one that was like nearby around the same time. And so this was from a couple months ago. And I think I must have talked about it on the podcast. I don't remember what I said, but I then got a follow up response. So first, I'm going to read you the original email and then we will play you the audio that we got from the person when I mentioned it. And then I want to sort of just like take you through my current guide to irresistible invitations, which is a 1.0 draft. It's a work in progress. And I would love to hear feedback. And I'm open to receiving invitations if they are excellent, irresistible, and make it clear that you are paying attention to me, right? Because I get a lot of like, hi, Wyo, you're sexy. I just found you. Do you want to come fuck? And it's like, the answer is like, not, no. I mean, that's not compelling. Like, yes, I love, I love to have sex. And I am having sex right now with people who make me feel incredibly valued. I just spent one of the most luxurious weekends of my life at a very fancy hotel with a very kind generous lover and my friend like if you want to hit that level or above sure if you want to take me on a beautiful adventure sure if you want to add value to my life and help me cross off bucket list items 
especially in a way where I can share it with the world publicly. Sure, like we'll have that conversation. But I'm not like a person that just drops my life for other people's desires when I don't even know who they are. So this person also used so many different names. John, Wally. There's another name that might be the real one. I'm not really sure. So, okay. I am the most Catholic plain vanilla boy. I have recently found your podcast and have exhausted my wife in bed to the point she has taken the leash off. I'm not sure exactly what that means. But if your wife heard that, how would she feel about that phrase? Is that like a literal accurate statement? If you're vanilla, I guess you don't mean a literal leash. I'm not really sure what that means. You say you want to be a wife for a minute. He is referencing that for a brief time on my website, I do have a performance art idea. I'm not very interested in getting married, but I would be absolutely interested in a contract marriage. Um, I don't think I said I want to be a wife for a minute. I have an idea where someone wants, if you want to marry me, do we want to do a six-week marriage, a nine-week marriage, a six-month marriage? You know, like, let's make a contractual obligation, just like a business partnership, and we'll figure out what assets are a part of that. But it's marriage, so it's all allowed, and you can tell me what you want to work on in that time, what you want to explore as my partner for that amount of time, and we can get married. We can have a wedding. We can do the photos. We can have a honeymoon. We can do whatever you want to do in that amount of time. Like, that was a very funny idea for me for a little bit, but then I started getting, I got my Stripe account taken down. I got... So I just cleaned up the Wiley website to make it look a little less whorish. That's why I put the grown-up links on their own page. It's a whole thing. But this is a person who's not paying attention to my full artistic thing. Okay, so I'm going to Burning Man 2023, and I would love to have a fun female friend. I'm sure most people would. Someone I can connect with. Okay, so we want connection. I'm sure I could hook up with someone once, but to me, that's fleeting and not an option. I love repeat experiences. The second time is way better for me. I am envisioning a partner to ride bikes with, climb on art, and have a thing with. I'm new to this, and you are way out of my league. But I'm shooting my shot, and by the way, I'm not huge, but I can shoot come like five feet. Wally. I wrote this person back. Maybe I shouldn't have. I told him connecting one-on-one -on -one is my favorite. I invited him to be a guest on Sex Stories, because that's my first litmus test, right? Like, why would I go out with you, complete stranger, if you don't even want to share with me, at least anonymously, on my podcast, which is my passion, my work. I have a work kink. This is what I devote my life to. I spent the last five years being deeply curious and learning about sex. That's what I'm bringing to the sexual table here. Like, you clearly know I have something to offer. What's the offer here? What would make me say yes to this? You can shoot your cum like five feet. I don't have be a cum target on my bucket list, although that is interesting. If I did, you know, that might make a little more sense to me. Why do you feel entitled to like ask in this way? Like there's not a real invitation here, okay? So I found this email a turnoff personally. And I think my narrations as I read this probably illustrated why for you. So... I just let it lie. I invited him to be a guest. I was like, if you don't want to be a guest, get to know me through Patreon. Get to know me through OnlyFans if you want to have the sexy stuff. If you want to get to know me in person, you can work with me in person. I have lots of offerings. If you want to talk one-on-one, -on -one, great. I'm a person out in the world. I am not here to date married people. I didn't start this podcast to go out in the world to try to like you know, use up all my time satisfying unsatisfied married people who sound like they are having a lot of sex with their wife. Like that is absolutely not what I am interested in. It also doesn't sound like this person is in an ethically non-monogamous relationship. If they are, Wally John failed to mention it. So then 
we got this voicemail from Wally John. Hi, Wally. This is Pretty Man Boy. He invited you, Pretty Man. And then you kind of insulted me on your podcast, which I kind of love, by the way. I would just like to say that you made me think about the things that I did not say to you or enticed you in the perspective of if I am reaching out to people and like making offers, then in the years you're making the offer, you always talk about making offers. Well, I mean, making offers and giving them the, the safe space to accept that offer because I had never thought of that before. I'm a gentleman. I grew up in like a very conservative family. And so I don't really think about that kind of stuff. Like, I think that I'm just like the best person ever. So I don't really think about like, am I going to be like consoling? Like, am I going to be, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what to like think about making it good for the other side. I do in some respects, but, like, not in the respect that you, you you open my mind to, like, oh, there's other things that I should be thinking about. So I really appreciate that you're, you're attending on your podcast because uh, it actually opened my mind to, like, a, a blind spot that I had. I don't think that I was actually going to do something negative to someone in that respect, but I didn't know that I needed to be careful of other people's feelings in that respect. And uh, I really appreciate that. So I'm going to be in L.A. in the next couple of weeks to do some business. And if you wanted to get a coffee and, like, explain that to me, I would love that. Thank you. So I, I don't go to coffee with strangers for free. Let's just say that first and foremost. I certainly don't teach for free. People pay me to help them with relationships in myriad ways. Mostly people pay me to photograph them. And if we're doing a creative session, then all the other stuff can get worked in there. But no, I'm not going to go to coffee with you just to hang out in general. I don't know you. And also that's not a good invitation. And no, I'm not going to go to coffee to explain the world to you for free. If you want to help my mission to make the world a sexier, more loving place, we could have a conversation on pod about it. If you want to apply to be a guest, I would love to have that conversation. But I use my time and energy to either help clients who are paying me create, co-create, and get to the next level of creativity in their life, however that looks in many different ways. Or I am creating podcasts for the world to witness, right? It's important to me that if I'm going to spend my time and energy noodling deeply on sexual things and exploring sexual things, I want to document it and share it because this is my effort to help other people learn through my own lens. And it sounds like it's helpful to some people. So I'm glad that my response is inspiring you to hopefully more deeply think through the other person's experience because I get it. You have a certain goal in mind. You have a certain target in mind. But that's why I want to take this as an opportunity to go over my guide to irresistible invitations. So this is what I have on my website right now, wiley.com. You can find it there in the menu. There's a direct link. Or if you go to wiley.com slash share, it's there along with all of the question guides. So if you ever want to ask anyone, a friend, a lover, your partner, all of the sex stories questions, if you 
want to look. I have questions on friendship, creativity, dating, marriage, like all, all of these different topics. So a guide to irresistible invitations. After years of messages from nameless strangers who seem to assume I've been sitting around desperately waiting for someone, anyone to ask me to be their free personal tour guide, here are my big mysterious secrets to getting a yes for collaborative, mutually de delicious connection. And it goes back to the basic questions that we kind of talked about earlier. First, who? Then why? Then what? Then how? So specifically, who are you? Please introduce yourself, especially if you are reaching out blind across the internet as a stranger. So do you have a name? Do we have a connection? Even if your connection is like, hey, listen to your podcast. I really connected about this, 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 and that. Hey, I love your work. I'm looking at your website. I'm really inspired by this. Like something specific. Do you have a name? Do we have a connection? Please include relevant demographics, right? Professional or creative overlap, location, age, relationship status, if it's a romantic request, you know, what is relevant to the invitation that you are crafting? And think through it from the perspective of if you were receiving a totally blind invitation from someone, what would you want to know about that person, right? Who are they? For me, I would want to know also why. Let me know, why do you think I would have fun with you? Like, I have to know enough about you to have some context, right? Why do you think that you would have fun with me? W what is important about me specifically that lit you up, right? Like, this is where you can get really specific and have a chance to actually connect with whatever part of me you're connecting to. Because if you keep that part hidden, I'm, I'm sure Wally John has some beautiful pieces of himself, you know, if he's raised by a nice loving family. I'm sure there's nice parts in there. The way he introduced himself to me and the way that he spoke about his wife, that's not a person that I want to partner with personally. I don't have enough context for that to be yummy to me. And why is it worth our valuable time and energy, right? It's not like, oh, my time is so valuable. It's not, it's too good for you. It's like time on this planet is finite. The more I talk to you, the more I talk to people through my sex work clients, through my photography clients, through my writing clients, the more I'm finding out the number one people want to work with me, right? So by the time someone's gotten to work with me, they've gotten past the like, am I broken? Am I normal? They've kind of like untangled the basics of their shame or trauma with a therapist. That's not the work that I do. I'm here to kind of like help people get to the next level. Like I pour gasoline on fire accidentally. That's what I have to offer. Like I am an accidental creative catalyst wherever I go. And I like light people up. And then like what specifically are you inviting me to do? Now, this is where Wally John actually did excel. So like riding bikes does sound fun to me. Crawling on art does sound fun. I am Burning Man curious. You could have elaborated, like what camp are you a part of? Like, why would you be a fun, safe person to go with? Like, do you have food handled? Like, can you let me know about logistics? Like what, where, when, how long? What am I saying yes to? Are you paying for my plane ticket? Are you paying for my transportation? What do I need to pack? Will there be other people there? Like, are you inviting me on like a romantic one-on-one -on -one journey? Or is it like a social situation because you want me to meet your other three kinky friends and you think that we would all have a great time and can I bring the bread so that we can all have avocado toast like that first time that we talked about sexy things? You know, like what exactly do you have in mind vibe-wise? What is the goal? What value are you hoping to bring into my life? If you are not looking to bring value into my life, why are you hoping to receive value from me? Because the best sex, if sex is at the heart of it, is always an exchange. If you are just looking to take, get your fucking invitation out of my inbox. No, thank you. 
I am turned on by nurturers. I am turned on by generosity. I am generous. I just interviewed Amy from Shameless Sex, and she was talking about the 80-80 rule, which I am not familiar with this, but I've been thinking a lot about generosity and how, yes, that really is the filtration device with which I have been seeking partnership. I love generous lovers because I am generous and I love to give myself. I mean, look, I literally like sell myself in some ways to make this podcast free for all of you to listen to, right? And I know there's some ads now and I know we're figuring all that out, but like I love to be generous because it's how I was raised, because I was lucky enough to have that and I believe in paying it forward. So if you're not looking to also add value to my life in a clear way, I am not going to say yes. And I am increasingly better at guarding myself against takers. But sometimes I'm a little slow on the uptake. But, you know, it's really easy to say no to online invitations that don't make it clear, like, what you're hoping to bring into my life. And I would also love to know up front, explicitly, personally, I know that explicit stuff isn't the norm, right? But this is why I love kinky people. Explicitly, what do you hope to receive from me? I think the implication in Wally John's question was he wanted to fuck me more than once. The email that you sent to me, Wally John, is more appropriate to send to someone who is on Trist or Eros or Private Delights or the websites where that is what is on the table. And they don't do that stuff for free, right? Okay? So if you're hoping to receive a specific amount of value what are you hoping to give in return? Like, what is the exchange that you are wanting? What's the goal? What do you want us to feel? And then lastly, if I'm a yes, what are the clear next steps? Like, how do I say yes? How do you make it so easy for me to like irresistibly like, okay, you know, like it's all about relevancy. It's all about mutual reciprocity and it's all about joy. If you cannot make the joy clear in the invitation, try again, you know, Wally John, you inspired me to really clearly create this guide to irresistible invitations. So thank you for that. Lovers, I would love to hear your feedback. Who, why, what, how specifically? Is there anything else that you would need to get an irresistible invitation just out of the blue? I am so curious. You know, for me, it's going to have a lot to do with my bucket list. That's top of mind. Okay. So lovers, it's 2024. It's a year of irresistible invitations. Let me know what you're getting into, what you're getting up to, what's on your sexy bucket list for the year. And as always, thank you for letting me into your ears. Lovely humans, thank you for listening. If you appreciate the work that I put into this podcast, I would love it if you took the time to leave us five stars and a nice review wherever you get your podcast, especially Spotify, since last year's troll attack on our ratings is still affecting our ability to be found via search. <laughs> I do love getting to know you and hearing your stories and meeting you lovely humans in real life. And remember, if you want to collaborate, apply to be a guest or leave us a single story voice memo via xstoriespodcast.com or sexstoriespodcast.com. Sex stories are always going to be my favorite, but now I also have question lists for love, friendship, dating, relationships, marriage, divorce, secrets, and so much more so that we can learn about connection through each other's experiences. I fucking love getting your emails and voice memos and receiving thoughtful noodle messages. It truly is hearing from you that fuels this work for me. And if you want to go deeper with me, get to know me, and support this podcast in meaningful, concrete ways, find me on Patreon, OnlyFans, FetLife, Venmo, Cash App, and all social media platforms at Wiley, or work with me privately for photo and video shoots, relationship support, creative breakthrough sessions, and retreats. 
yole.com slash links is where you can find the list of all the ways to play with me, and the link is in the description below. Thank you for joining me to spread ripples of love, to co-create a world where taking care of each other is the norm. Thank you for spoiling and inspiring me with your stories and your support. Please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and remember to share stories in the name of lovely human connection. 